What up, what up, everybody? It's the Built Different Podcast. Ricky, uh, CEO of Extropian, Sean Greener, our COO. Justin, one of our data scientists. Uh, in this episode, we kind of want to talk to everybody about, um, you know, what the Extropian mindset is and, uh, you know, relating it to the mental toughness in sports. Um, because obviously, Extropian, uh, the Extropian athlete is somebody that's mentally tough, somebody that's physically prepared, somebody that's like a game changer in their sport or respective area in life. So with that being said, you know, um, Justin, I kind of want to throw it to you. What are, what are some of the, the thoughts that you had or maybe even some of the questions you had about uh, the mental toughness of uh, athletes in sports? Yeah, when I think of like mental toughness in sports, I, it's definitely, I think the most clear examples to me are fighters or athletes that have been through like injuries or have been kind of down on their luck sort of in terms of like maybe they've lost a lot or maybe they've gotten cut from a team or things like that. Um, there's, there's, there's plenty of stories of fighters or athletes that have gone through that, that have ended up coming back to, you know, either having like a second coming of their career, things like that, which is really entertaining to see. Um, but I guess the first question that I would ask, ask you guys too, is kind of like, what specific characteristics do you see in, in, uh, like mentally tough athletes? What do you, what do you, how do you kind of define that? Yeah, I mean, I, me personally, I think one thing that I see is like, you know, the ability, I think one thing that you brought up that I liked was the ability to come back from injury or from adversity. Um, And the other thing is, you know, coming back from, from a mistake or from a loss or from, you know, some kind of down moment, because that's when your mental toughness is really getting tested more so than any other time. It's like, okay, you just had a bad thing happen. Are you going to let that affect your next move or your next shot? Or are you going to forget about it, move on and and have the mental strength to say it's over? I'm, you know, I'm going to be better from here on out. And I think that that's kind of to me where mental toughness really, you know, comes in is can you push past the, the bad moments to um, to get back to form? For sure. What about you, Ricky? Um, I agree with what Sean's saying and agree to what your kind of assessment was with like being mentally strong, but it's like that person that gets knocked down is able to get back up. Um, you know, there's so many situations where guys or girls like in their respective sport, they have that moment and, uh, they never come back from it. But, you know, there's the, the ones that are really tough that, you know, mentally tough that are able to overcome and, and um, overcome similar situations and, and, and thrive, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, one of the, the cases I think about, um, Sean was like Alex Smith and that, you know, horrible leg break. I mean, I think he broke his, his tibula and he fractured his tibula and fibia. And, um, if you look at his leg now, um, it's, it doesn't even look like a leg. I mean, 17 surgeries, went through sepsis and still wanted to get back out there on the field and, uh, played at a pretty high level. Um, you know, that's, that to me, that's, that's one of the ultimate cases of, um, of mental toughness and, and physical toughness as well. But yeah, there's a lot of cases in, in different sports um, of different guys and girls just overcoming the odds and, and uh, you know, taking home the gold or taking on the championship or, you know, just, you know, performing at a, at a high level. Do you think mental toughness is something that you kind of are born with or you, or you kind of just have it? Or do you think it's something that athletes can kind of develop on their own throughout their career or like a trainer or a coach could help them develop throughout their career. That's something I wanted to, I would, 
I think I've asked EJ and Ronnie about that before, and I, I think they give pretty good answers. But overall, what do you what do you think the case is for that? Is it something you have innately, or you can kind of work on it throughout your career if you don't really have it to begin with? I think you can work on it for sure. So I think some people are born with it. Some people just inherently have that, you know, and it could be maybe not necessarily born with it, but they maybe had life struggles that they had to endure that made them a harder person, that made them tougher, that made them like stronger. Um, an example, David Goggins, you know what I mean? He was a big time loser, like he was overweight, he was, you know, he wasn't doing the right things and he built himself into an unstoppable, you know, machine um, where like, you know, he, he can't be defeated now. He's, you know, he's a motivational speaker and he's inspired a lot of people to have the courage to do things or to push through, um, you know, kind of like similarly, you know, we give mention our technology, help people push past their limits, you know what I mean? Um, so I think it's, it can be, I think it can be coached in you. Um, I think that some people through life's struggles and through their experiences, trials and tribulations, they develop it. Um, and then, you know, in the realm of sports, I think some people, they're just that phenomenal athlete or that, you know, maybe have that goat mentality that they, you know, they're able to, to, to persevere. Um, but yeah, I think you can develop it. Definitely. David Goggins was a great example and there's countless examples of sports. I think I, I think I agree with Ricky that, you know, I think some people are born with it. You know, some people just have this, you know, inherent like mental strength where it's like they're, you know, and I think what it really comes down to partially is your confidence in yourself, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah. if you're a confident person and you're confident in your abilities and you're, you know, that then that's like 90% of the battle. So um, if you're able to display that confidence consistently and, and, uh, on a daily basis, then nothing should really throw you off of your, of your game so much that you become mentally weak. And, but I, at the same time, I also agree with, you know, Ricky's example. And I think there's other examples of guys who maybe weren't born into a leadership mentality or a leadership role and like you know, coming out of college or, you know, when they got drafted, like they weren't supposed to be this like superstar person or they, they weren't like, Oh, I'm going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, like, but they, you know, grew into that as their skills developed, as their confidence grew. So I think it's, it's both, but I think it really just comes down to the person believing in themselves. And I think, you know, Tom Brady's a great example. He, was a sixth round pick. No one really thought that highly of him when he was drafted. But one of the one of the stories that I like about him is he like went up to Robert Kraft like right after he was drafted and he was like, I'm the best decision you ever made. And like this was when he was like not even a, this is when he was a backup quarterback. So it's like Robert Kraft's probably looking at this guy like like who is this clown? Why is he, you know, like talking himself up to me? And you know, I think looking back, he was the best decision that Robert Kraft ever made. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's kind of my thoughts on it. What about you, Justin? I, I sorry, Sean. Can I just before you start? Can I just touch on what you said, Sean? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a like because I'm always studying the mind and the brain. Obviously, our our logos a brain because you know it's about my our our logo and our 
our whole technology about mindset and being stronger. But, you know, there's neuroplasticity. Like, you can literally change who you are. Like, people don't think that your your brain or your mind or, you know, your abilities can change. But you literally, you know, the science proves that, you know, we can become somebody else. So um, just adding to what you kind of said there, Sean, about the self-confidence, it's like it, it's something you develop, you know, and your brain reflects that, you know, when they do scans of your brain, you know, I mean, the different areas of the brain uh, responsible for, like, you know, growth and, and different things, you know, it changes. So um, just wanted to add that in as well. Sorry, Jessa. Oh, uh, no, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think that mental toughness is definitely something that you can develop, especially if you are in a situation or you come from a background where, you know, your back is kind of up against the wall where you don't really have a lot of options. Maybe you're a professional uh, football player or something and you're about to get cut or maybe you're on a losing streak or something like that and you really kind of don't have choices i think mental toughness is kind of it almost becomes like your only your only option like you have to be mentally tough to make it through those those situations but i'm kind of curious like on the flip side of that do you think you can uh do you think you can lose mental toughness too like on the flip side if you're someone that you know had their back against the wall and you really had to grind it out and be mentally tough to achieve success do you think once you are successful you can lose your mental toughness or kind of atrophies and you be you you lose the edge that you had before whether like in terms of you know your your ability or you know you you don't have that uh, resilience that you had earlier on in your career or something like that i think that if you're someone who is truly mentally tough and like men mentally strong, then I don't think you're ever going to lose that, you know, that ability to, to believe in yourself unless uh, something happens that like significantly affects your confidence. Like for example, let's say someone got injured and they're no longer, like they used to run a four, four and they're now running like a five, four, you know, they, they lost a whole second worth of, speed on their 40 time like that's something that could you know make you lose confidence in your abilities and in your belief in yourself which could then kind of so i guess my answer is yes i do think you can uh become less mentally tough but i think the people that are born with it and the people that kind of are you know have that uber belief in themselves regardless of what anyone else thinks um will remain mentally tough more so than someone who's just mentally like someone who's just confident because of like results-based uh situations for sure yeah me too i i feel like uh we've seen it happen before like where people become complacent maybe the success was they just had so much success they just kind of rest on their laurels like um you know marvin Hagler had the saying you know if you um if you sleep, if you sleep in silk pajamas, are you really going to be getting up at six in the morning to to run like you used to? You know what I mean. A lot of a lot of people, you know, they get that mental toughness because there's the hunger and there's like you know feeding the family or you know yeah. taking care of the kids, the wife and kids, or the husband and the kids or whatever. And um, you know they reach that level of success and they just you know they they lose. They, there's a little bit of sense of complacency there because hey, I've made it. Um, I've made enough money, maybe that competitive edge is gone, but, um, yeah, you see it all the time also too, with like, you know, sports like golf where the guys get the yips or, you know, the yips can happen, I guess, with kicking as well in, in football, 
but you know they just something's a little off and you know you have to go see a actual uh you know a coach or even a sports psychologist um to, to get you back on track so i mean it happens all the time you can go from a you know the real real killers like the, the best of the best the ones that we consider the goats those are the guys and girls that maybe never lose it but there are those you know you know tears tears below those you know top people that you know we've seen them fall off their uh pedestal and and uh you know, never even return back on that pedestal. Now, greatness, I think, is like maybe you get knocked off that pedestal and you kind of come back. That's, you know, that's more yeah. rare than, than anything else. But if you do do that, that's that's truly remarkable. So when we think, when we talk about like mental toughness and like the guys that are truly uh, like rare breeds when it comes to having that sort of uh, resilience in them, what's kind of like, when you think of mental toughness, what's what's the biggest example that you can think of? Maybe a recent example or like the, your favorite example in sports history that you've seen. What do you guys think? Sean, you can go first. I'll throw it to you. I'll let Ricky go first because I, okay. I still need some time to think. I mean, I have several examples. You know, I'm a Jordan guy. So I'm going to go with the, you know, the flu game, uh, game six against the Jazz. And to be honest, like a lot of people call it the flu game, but from you know, what I've heard and inside information or whatever, not inside information I've personally gotten, not yet at least, but uh, he had the, uh, he had food poisoning. It wasn't even the flu. Um, and he was able to kind of go out there and close that game out. And uh, I mean, the shots of, of Pippen, I think the flu game was game six, the shots of Pippen holding him up to walking him back over to the bench. I mean, those, those will live on forever, you know? Um Sean, I'll pass it to you because I may have another one. Um, no, I mean, keep going. I, I'm still thinking. It was game well, five, so yeah, I was wrong. It was game five of the uh, 97 playoffs, or finals, I should say. I think, a pretty good, you. I think a pretty good recent example of uh, mental toughness is that Dan Hooker fight this weekend. My goodness. You, you me and Ricky saw it together. Sean, did you see it? Yes, I did. Uh see some highlights of it i didn't watch the whole thing but i did see highlights of it well it was yeah it was crazy to see live and then you find out that dan hooker broke his uh he broke his wrist and then he broke his orbital bone during the fight and he Mm -hmm. ended up winning the entire that's like that's if that's not mental toughness i don't know what is i don't know how you break an orbital bone at some point during a fight and decide to keep going you know that's that's something that you have to i feel like you have to have that inside of you you can't just you know, make that over time. He's he's a savage. <laughs> you got the he's got that dog in him, but he, you know, the thing about that too, Justin, he didn't even look like you didn't you didn't you know some fighters you'll see them get kicked in the arm and remember Rich Franklin when he fought Chuck Liddell, he he um, broke his arm, he like shattered his wrist or something after a kick, and he still knocked him out and won the fight in, in the first round. I mean, there's crazy instances. I think fight that's why we love fighting, man. Like some of the toughest guys and girls in the world, but. Um, with the Dan Hooker situation, what was crazy is like no tell whatsoever. Cause like you'll see guys and girls shake their hand out if they, you know, they get a broken arm or broken, you know, hold their shoulder or, you know, in boxing, I've seen guys holding their, their face or kind of like wiping away at their face if their orbitals broken. Um, but with him, there was no tell the post-fight interview. He just was up there happy, smiling, and you wouldn't, you couldn't, you know, adrenaline plays a big part in it, but, um, yeah, that's crazy mental toughness. Um, a crazy example, most recent example. 
yeah, I think, for sure. I think for me, I I decided the the person that I I want to highlight is uh, Tiger Woods. I think you know That's from cool. the perspective of you know mental toughness. First off, even before his you know injury, like car accident injury, coming back and stuff like that, like he just had that like killer in him when it came to mm-hmm. like you know you get to those last holes of the of the big tournament of the Masters of the PGA Tour and like it was just like if you're the guy who's like up by one stroke or up by two strokes and you've got Tiger chasing you you don't you like you're nervous the entire time because he's just like he's that guy who's just like oh I'm gonna catch you like get ready you know and like then like you know like you've seen guys who had leads on him and it's just like he'll just slowly start going away all of a sudden you get to like the last hole and they're tied and like the guy the other guy just looks broken mentally because he's like he knows already just from who tiger is and his mentality that like he he's screwed so i think that's kind of my example and i know tiger's made so many you know clutch shots and especially clutch putts you know when it comes down to the the crunch time i think clutch like being clutch is a big factor in like mental toughness and confidence and stuff like that um sean touching on tiger as well as him um Winning a term tournament recently, what was it? He won the Masters not too long ago, right? Or was it? A, it was a late, a late season tournament he won. I don't um, think it was the Masters, but it, I think it was, it was one of like years the ago. big. Yeah, it was one of the bigger tournaments. Yeah, and that's after years of being injured, years of the game. I mean, the guy's back is pretty messed up. Um, another example I was going to throw out there was, but it's kind of a tainted one now. Was uh, Lance Armstrong. Um, I know it still took some, men, you know, major mental toughness to, you know, uh, dealing with cancer or the, being in remission. I don't remember what stage he was at, but, um, you know, there was the, you know, the doping. But, I mean, he, you know, outside of that, it would probably have been a, an amazing example. I think it was still a pretty good example, even with the, uh, you know, the unfortunate things that he, he did to uh, taint the uh, legacy a little bit. Yeah. So, like, we've been talking a lot about, like, individual athletes having mental toughness. But what do you – how do you think mental toughness kind of – what do you think that looks like for a team sport as opposed to a sport where it's just one person participating at at a time, like fighting or or golf or something like that? Or, like, what – can you think of, like, any kind of a unique sort of challenges that come up up during, like, a team – a team sport versus an individual sport? Uh. Uh, I was going to take this one, Sean. Um, I think, you know, it's always like that saying, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So I think part of that is kind of, there is individuals with that mental toughness on on specific teams and throughout history that they were that mentally tough individual. And I think um, true leadership is like when you're able to bring, you know, guys and girls along with you because you are that like mentally strong individual that, you know, some some of it, you know, when you're really that top dog and you got that dog and you it, I think it filters down to the rest of the team. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of guys and, and, you know, guys and girls on these teams with these individuals that are so mentally tough, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to upset them or they don't want to let this this individual down. So they'll, you know, they'll step their game up to, to, to meet the, you know, meet this the guy or girl's like intensity or their, you know, how uh, passionate they are about winning. And so from the team element, I think, you know, you see a lot of teams, especially in the NBA now, that there is not that one guy 
on that team that's got that that kind of mental toughness, that the edginess that pushes these you know other players to um, you know to heighten their their performance. Um, but you know, everyone's there's a couple teams with those guys, and you can see where those teams kind of stand out. So I think um, if you have that one individual, it can really parlay into team success because that you know toughness filters down to others. I think that can play itself out or the opposite. Like I said, you don't have that individual and those teams are, you know, they're mediocre or maybe in those tough times, they don't come through or, you know, they fold essentially. I, I completely agree with you with what you just said. I think, you know, from the team perspective, right. I, I don't think every single person needs to be like this super mentally tough individual on, on a team. But I think that having like leaders in order for you to be a leader, I think you do need to have that mental toughness because you're the one that if everyone else is down, if everyone else is a little mentally weak, you're the one who has to get them to not be anymore. You're the one who has to get them back up. And you know, if they can't get themselves back up. So I think you see that a lot with leaders. And I think you see teams specifically in, you know, basketball and, and baseball, where if the leader's not mentally tough, like Ricky was saying, the, the team starts doubting, you know, themselves. They, you know, they don't have anyone to get them to the level that they need to be because everyone, you know, when it's, when you're not showing that mental toughness at the top, it trickles down to everywhere else. But if you have, you know, guys at the bottom who might be, you know, doubting and stuff, but you have that guy at the top who's like reinforcing, you know, positive, you know, inspirational vibes to the team you can you can bring someone back up with you and i think that's kind of where from a team perspective it's just you need to have those leaders be mentally tough and or you know they don't even have to be the best player on your team but you got to have those guys that can can pull everyone else out of the funk you know if they're in a in a rough situation do you think mm-hmm. there's positions in certain sports that are it's more important for those people in that position to be mentally tough like the quarterback is you know of course like the the captain of the offense you would want your quarterback to be pretty mentally tough but but what about like for other sports because i know you guys follow basketball and baseball more than i do and i'm not super familiar but is there like a certain position that is kind of like the the cornerstone of, of basketball or of baseball that is kind of like the the leader that sets the tone mentally and stuff like that that you can think of I I would say sports like um, hockey and, you know, the goal, sometimes that goaltender can set the tone, you know what I mean? They can be that leader. They can be that person that's going to, um, because, you know, anybody that's in the goal, having a puck, like even like hockey or soccer, a puck coming at you. And like, I was watching the U.S. men's national team the other night and um, they went to penalty kicks, you know what I mean? It was all up to the goaltender. He was all by himself, Matt Turner. Arsenal player also, by the way. Um, but, yeah, I think those outside of like a quarterback of a team, um, the goaltender, I, you, you could say lacrosse as well. The goaltender can be that tone setter as well um, that, you know, they're probably one of the probably the outside of quarterback on a football team, the most um, important position in basketball. You have a point, you know, it's kind of not I don't think the dynamics in basketball are what they used to be. But used to be the point guard, used to be the, you know, the kind of guy that was the leader, that was the, you know, the tone setter, the guy that set the table for everybody else, the guy that set everything up. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's my thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. What changed? You said that the point guard was like the the, the tone setter. What's kind of changed? Why why is it not like that? Anymore? I mean, you have you have everybody bringing the ball up now. People set, you know, like you have Jokic setting up the the plays from the center position. You have LeBron from the forward position, power forward position. You know, being the point guard, you have you know. Um, I don't think you have a traditional point guard. Yes, positionless basketball. You don't have your traditional point guard that their whole goal is to facilitate and set guys up. No, you have Steph Curry's that are like almost like shooting guards in the point guard position. It's like Sean said, positionless basketball. I think, you know, and from my perspective, I would say, you know, there's certain people that I don't think it's necessarily a position thing, but it's a it's mm-hmm. a field general. Like the, the term field general, I think, is a good explanation. So like that person that's making sure that everyone's in the right spots and doing the right things. That's mm-hmm. that leader. Like, so like, for example, Derek Jeter is a good, like good example mm-hmm. in baseball. He's a shortstop. He's in the middle of the field. He's making sure, you know, that everyone's in the right spots. Like the pitcher, right, is the one that touches the ball every single play. Derek Jeter is not going to be involved in every play, but Derek Jeter is involved in every play because he was, you know, making sure that everyone, you know, had confidence that everyone was, you know, on the same page that you knew this is where you're supposed to be at this time. And, you know, like that, that is kind of the, the field general. So in soccer, I don't watch a lot of soccer, but I would think that, you know, that person is kind of like the midfielder soccer, right? You're, you're involved in the offense, you're involved in the defense, you're, you know, that middle of the field person that has to make sure that everyone's communicating with each other and make sure that everyone's in the right spot. And a goalie can be that too, you know, especially on things like a corner kick or something like that, where it's, you know, a a big defensive position, then the goalie's kind of the, the leader from that perspective. But um, ultimately I think it's just, you know, who has that leadership voice and who has that, um, you know, like, there's some people that lead by example, and then there's some people that lead through, you know, words and through action, you know, like telling, you know, telling people. Um, so I think it's those people that are kind of like, not necessarily a position, but whoever, wherever that position is, they they are knowing where everyone's supposed to be and directing accordingly. Um, I'm actually shocked by your, your, your soccer or football knowledge there, Sean. I didn't think you were... Uh knew what a midfielder was and uh you know the corner kick knowing the whole dynamics of that i was surprised um you said midfielder well and i think in defense like it's be sometimes the middle linebacker you know what i mean that would be that that tone setter the guy that's making sure everybody's in the right position he's getting the calls in so very similar to a midfielder in, in soccer uh, except he's not playing both sides of the ball obviously in, on defense in football, I would say it's usually either middle linebacker or one of the safeties. That's typically because, yes. like, safeties, you know, are behind everybody. So they're, you know, making sure that you're here, mm-hmm. you're there. Um, and usually that person is the one who has the mic in their helmet on defense. You know, that's the defensive leader. Um, you know, because you can be an amazing cornerback or something like that. But as a cornerback, you're only responsible for your half of the field. You're not going to be... Mm-hmm you know, vocalizing things to the guy on the far other side of the field that you're not really like community, like you just don't need to communicate with that person, but the safety in the middle linebacker, they're right in the middle of the action. They're the ones who are communicating with everybody. But I, I agree like, with you, what you were saying, um, like Derek Jeter and like 
you think about um, also too with the Heat. You know, you have um, you Donis Haslam on the bench. That's almost a uh, you know another coach slash player. So that's another example. Sorry, Justin. Well, it actually kind of helped me segue a little bit. So like that's kind of like the the specific position on the field that helps kind of elevate the the mental toughness or set the tone for the the team. But what do you guys think about? Is there like a what role does like the coach play in a team sport for mental toughness and kind of setting the tone there? Is there a certain coach that a certain coach or a certain trainer, I guess, for combat sports that you think does a good job of really setting the sort of mental tone for for uh, the their athletes or things like that? Or even or what's another way of putting it is like what's the what do you think is like the most mentally tough football team, basketball team that you've seen in, in sports history, do you think? Kind of a two-parter. I don't know about sports history, but if you ask me what like what coach is like the most mentally tough right now, I'm going with Dan Campbell from the Lions. That dude <laughs> is like, he, he's a little crazy. I'll I'll be honest. But, kneecap. <laughs> but like when you're telling people, oh, we're gonna run through walls, we're gonna bite your kneecaps off, like <laughs> like that dude is just and. I think you see it with coaches by how the team responds to it, right? Because there's certain play, like there's certain coaches that like they might be, you know, an offensive guru or a quarterback whisperer. But if the team doesn't trust them, if the team isn't bought in on their, you know, philosophies and their coaching and stuff, then they lose the locker room, and all of a sudden the team's going to go to shambles. So yeah. I think you know we kind of saw that. Uh, with the Broncos, with Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think anyone on that team really got along with each other. I don't think anyone was bought in, and they were horrible, even though they were supposed to be really good. So I think, you know, for me, my boy Dan Campbell is uh, is the mindset goat right now in football. This I, I have one for boxing, and she's unfortunately she doesn't get the credit she, she needs, and she's not really coaching anybody right now. Um, but it was Ann Wolf. She was a former former pro boxer, but she trained um, she trained a couple of fighters. Um, most notably, um, it's because I'm talking about him right now. Um, I can't remember his name, but she would literally bring him out into the woods into like an abandoned like like I don't even know where nobody knows where these camps were. I don't think, but he would live in a shed with no internet, no TV, no. I don't think he had cell service and her training and her regimen was like second to none. I mean, she it was like military style training. Um, and this guy, he would knock, he would knock everybody out when he was trained by her. He fought Canelo one time and he didn't have her. He, he lost every fight that he, he um, every fight that he fought, um, he, that he wasn't trained by her. He lost, but he was like a machine when he was trained by her, but that was just, I mean, she had him out in the woods doing all type of crazy stuff. I mean, it was like Rambo out there, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But she, she in, in probably combat sports, that's probably one of the more extreme examples of like just toughness and just mentally tough and just break you down and build you back up type of uh, type of um, coaching. What about you, Justin? Any, any examples of coaches that come to your mind? One that I think about is Mike Tomlin from the Steelers. Because I still remember, I think it was maybe two years, three years ago maybe, when uh, 
they were on like their fourth string quarterback. They lost their first three guys and they ended up still making the playoffs. I can't think of too many other coaches that could lead a team to that. I don't remember how far they went in the playoffs, but you know, if you're on your fourth string quarterback, you're having a rough season <laughs> and to still be able to make it that far is pretty impressive. And I think in the, however long he's been the coach of the Steelers, I think they've missed the playoffs maybe one or they've only, they've only had one losing season or something like that. And I think it was, a I don't think they've, I don't think they've I ever like had a losing season under him. Maybe sure. not, but yeah, I feel like you that, you know you need a very mentally strong coach, the one that really kind of sets the tone to do that. And it, I think it says a lot that he's been able to do that for this long, you know. But um, for sure, um, last, I want to clear up my brain fart. The fighter was um, James Kirkland, so and Wolf Trainer James Kirkland. If you ever want to see their regimen, go and look it up on YouTube because uh, absolutely brutal. Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, my last kind of question for you guys um, is just like, is there a certain game or a certain fight where you feel like mental toughness was the difference between winning and losing? Like a specific specific game, maybe a Super Bowl or like a high stakes title fight, maybe? I'm trying to think myself. Um, I wanted to mention one. He They didn't win this game, but I was really impressed by his toughness. And that was the, um, the Super Bowl Eagles versus New England where T.O. came back and played pretty much on a broken leg and had like seven, like nine receptions. I think he had a, maybe a touchdown or two and 122 yards, and they almost won that game. I was going to say the Patriots and the Falcons like six years ago, 28 to three. Uh, that's just a – I'm a Bucks fan, so the Falcons, it was it was bound to happen. It happens – that's what happens <laughs> to the Falcons. I mean, I – Credit to the Patriots, but I mean that was more Falcons than Patriots, honestly. I mean, I mean, down but that points, that's I think that's mental toughness to come back from that. I think it's the mental toughness of you know the the Patriots and stuff that they legitimately broke the mental toughness of the Falcons. The Falcons should have had no reason to be concerned when they're up twenty eight to three, and then. All of a sudden, the Patriots just start coming back, and they just break. Just it. run the damn ball. Uh, that, just run the ball, Rachel. Run the ball. Uh, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, Same thing happened with the Patriots in the in Seattle, though, Sean. Remember, just handed off to Marshawn Lynch at the half yard line. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you can't overthink it. I think when when you overthink it, that's when you uh, you mess up. But um, a specific game. I think, you know, the examples that you guys provided were pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, I think, you know, coming back from, from like, 3-1, you know, like, anything like that, you know, like the um, – I know LeBron did it, and, you know, but – Were the Dolphins a couple games that they came back from? It was, like, a crazy comeback this year or last season. Yeah, they – they had a, a losing streak this year where they lost four or five. And I know, you know, Mike McDaniel kind of discussed this exact topic, which was, you know, like everyone's happy and stuff when, when you're winning games and, you know, you're just cruising and, you know, you're coming back and winning. But how do you respond after, okay, you've lost one, two, three games in a row now. What are you going to do? What is, like, what is your team? How is your team going to respond to that? And they ended up, you know, winning a couple at the end and, winning the final game of the year that put put them in the playoffs. Um, so I think, you know, things like that. Yeah, any anytime that someone is, like, on the downslope and they, you know, can fight out of it and and get a victory is is a good example. 
I think another good example, Sean, was um, that we talked about in a previous episode, the U.S. men's uh, swim team um, and, and that victory where they came back from so far back and the announcers were basically, you know, they gave, they had it wrapped up for, I think it was the Australians. Um, they had a gift wrapped for them like, oh, and then they came back. I mean, and they just fought their way back. That was an impressive moment, I think, in sports history. I don't know whether it was the Australians, but I remember another one where they were against the French. I don't know if it was the same one. I think it's different. probably the French, yeah. It's probably the French. But, yeah, I mean, both of those teams were crazy. Like, they both crushed the previous, like, best, like, world record. They both crushed it by, like, a couple seconds, like, which is unheard of. And the fact that, mm -hmm. like, they still won despite, like, you know, basically another team being, like, if they hadn't been in that, the other team would have set a world record and they basically like beat another team's world record in real time. That's crazy. And speaking of swimming too, like Michael Phelps and just his mindset, I mean, it's similar to what you were saying um, where Tiger would catch up, uh, come from behind and people would, you know, kind of fold. Um, Michael Phelps to have that, you know, you're on top for that long. You're, you've done, won that many races. People are nipping at your heels. You're like the, you know, you're enemy number one. You're the target. And people, you know, you still overcome and you still, you know, you still are able to get the gold in those different situations where everybody's just trying to uh, come after you. And, and um, you know, you're always going to have these the guys in the pool that are going to try and stop you from uh, making history. I mean, that's a lot of, that's, you know, it doesn't seem like much, but if you put yourself in his shoes and like what you really have to go through mentally, um, you know, that's that's some real mental fortitude there as well. For sure. Those are all my questions. If you guys had any others, I I just thought of one more example. I I heard of this re this happened recently, but uh, in F one, I believe Max Verstappen. Verstappen. Right? How, yeah, how he had a twenty three second lead and was literally like, you know, all he had to do was just like go easy and just win the thing, and like he like radioed into his coaches or whatever and he's like oh like what was the fastest lap time and they're like oh it was mm. this and like it was literally his own teammate too so it wasn't like a like oh like let me get it so my team gets more points like there's his team was already going to get the points and they were like just don't like don't do what you're thinking he's like no i want the fastest lap like i'm going to come in and change my tires and go for it like i think that's a little crazy but like at the same time like that's that like oof like you you've got to have you got to be really mentally tough to go against your coaches, against common not like common sense, and say I'm just going to be better and like do it anyways. Yeah, he could have blown a tire. He could have done anything. Verstappen's a beast, man. Like he's killing it in, in F1 right now. Um, yeah, he's you know he has a long way to catch Hamilton as far as like the most uh, first place finishes or whatever. But he's he's I mean. He stays on it, and the car, and like the car, keeps doing what it's doing. He has a chance. I mean, he has the extropian mindset. I think we've asked this on another on another uh, episode. But who do you think, if you think of any sport, any athlete, any you know team, who embodies that extropian mindset in your opinion? You know, um, who would you say is is like if you were to make a you know almost like a Jerry West logo for our, our company? Who would that player be? a good question 
I, I think there's a lot of guys that could fit into that. And, you know, a lot of them we posted on our Instagram, you know, as like people of the week that we wanted to highlight. But, you know, I, I've always been impartial to Usain Bolt. I think that guy is just a pure beast. And like, he doesn't even like, he wasn't even concerned about the people that were running against him. He's like, I'm just going to beat you all. Yeah. For me, I, I think it's anybody that just breaks records. I mean, even, um, was a Felix Baumgartner that jumped from outer space. I mean, that's that's an extropian. He could be our logo, you know. Anybody that breaks barriers or breaks boundaries or um, is, you know, people say that hey, they can't do, you know, can't accomplish something, and they got it done. And and you know, that's to me, anybody could be the extropian logo. But um, yeah, I don't think any one man or woman or team embodies, you know would be the logo there's just so many different examples of it and it's just having the that killer mindset that dog in you that um never give up attitude and that person that just doesn't uh isn't doesn't let conventional wisdom or anybody tell them they can't do something to me that's anybody that does that i think embodies could they could be our logo you know what i mean well i agree for sure well, I guess our logo kind of is embodies all of those different people and those different mindsets. So we don't need a logo, any one person has a logo. Yeah. So yeah, um, great conversation today. Like it didn't get heated. I'm glad there was no goat debates because that tends to happen when we start, even though, you know, well, that would be more so Adrian, but yeah, everybody kind of agrees on the goats on this call. Cause I think we had that episode, but you know, everybody out there, thank you for listening again. And, um, Again, you know, uh, we want to build champions. We have the technology to do that. Um, we want to build a movement. We want people to comment, like our stuff, subscribe. Um, yeah, and just get to know each each and every one of us. You can reach out to us on our socials. But more than anything else, thank you for listening and thank you for taking the time to uh, to check us out. But uh, with that being said, you know, we want to thank you guys and. Uh, Hope you guys have a, had a productive week and have an excellent weekend, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you, guys.